Hey everybody, it's Allie and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, October 8th or is it the 9th? It's the 9th. <laughs> How's everybody doing today? Um, I hope very well. Uh, it's been a very busy week. In Genoa City, uh, the secret about Devon's paternity is out. It's in fact like a can of worms that has been opened and then shook all over, sprinkled all over Genoa City. It's been intense. But I think we should back up first and talk about all of the events that led up to the revelation that Tucker is Devon's father. So it was, it all started with the arbitration over Jabot. Tucker taking Catherine into court to try to prove to the judge that she took Jabot from him in an illegal way. And first of all, I have to say, I thought it was very odd that Devon was at this hearing. I mean, so far, he's kind of heading up a, a new music venture for Catherine's company, but really didn't have any place at this hearing. It was Devon and Catherine and Neil versus Tucker and uh, Sophia and Jack. Jack, of course, being playing a really important role in this whole thing, deciding to step forward and say, you know what, I can prove that Catherine took Jabot under uh, kind of secretive circumstances because I had an offer on the table to buy Jabot for three times as much as it was worth. Whereas Catherine obviously, you know, got it for double of what it was, paid double what it was worth, but still got it under these kind of secretive circumstances. So ultimately, even though Catherine was putting on the sweet little old lady routine for the judge, Ultimately, he decided to rule in Tucker's favor. Decided to swing back ownership of Jabot back over to McCall Industries, leaving Catherine in the dust. And of course, she's feeling betrayed. You know, she, I don't know why, but it almost seemed like she didn't expect for Tucker to retaliate. He's your son, lady. He's your, you know, he's just like you. Of course he's going to retaliate. But I think what hurt her even more than any of that was the, the, decision by Jack to side with Tucker over Catherine. And <sighs> Catherine was really, really reading Jack the, the riot act. She was saying stuff like, you know, your father would be so disappointed in you if he knew what you were doing to me. You know, we're old family friends. But I have to completely side with Jack here. I think that Jack did the right thing for himself and for his family. And frankly, I think that John would be disappointed in Catherine if he could see what she was doing. I mean, she's the one that's been having doing all of these undermined dirty tricks since the time that Tucker was in the hospital, since the time that he got hit, got unconscious, and she found out that she was the executor of his estate. It's been nothing but underhanded tricks, one right after the other from her. So even though she's putting on this sweet old lady act, I'm not buying it. I mean, it's not, it's not easy to see her getting all riled up, but in the end, I feel like Catherine has made her bed, and now it's time to lie in it. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Catherine gets so riled up over this defeat not getting what she wants, really, that she just faints. She collapses, and everyone in the courtroom is like, oh my goodness, oh, oh Catherine. And we wake up the next day to find 
Catherine in the hospital, and there's a lot of talk about her having another stroke, and she, it's it's hard. She's she's sitting there, and she's laying there in this hospital bed, and she's looking kind of pale, and you know, less makeup and less hairspray, and a not glamorous outfit, and no necklaces or rings, and she's got all these wires coming out of her and going into her, and I hate seeing Catherine like that. It's it's difficult because Catherine is a character that she, I, I, I have loved her when she was in her sage old woman role. You know, for these last couple of years, she's been befriending kind of some of the young kids in Genoa City and she's dishing out advice. And I love that version of Catherine. But I'm, I'm starting to realize that that woman just is, as soon as she got her hands on some of Tucker's goods, Something just changed in her, and that woman is not existing right now. So, again, I can't help but feeling that she's kind of getting what's coming to her. I know that's so bad to say because she's such an important character, but um, it's just how I feel. And and I hated seeing her laying in the bed. I hate seeing these freaking hospital scenes. I especially hate how the doctor comes in, like, literally, there's only been a couple of minutes of scene of Catherine in the hospital, and the doctor is poking at Murphy, saying, um, do you know if Catherine has a DNR? Do you know if, uh, if Catherine has an end-of-life plan? I'm, I'm telling you, you guys, if I never hear the words end of life or DNR again in my own life, it will never be too soon. I'm so tired of that storyline. I'm so tired of every time somebody gets thrown in the hospital, that seems to be the thing. It happened with Tucker. Catherine had to make this decision about whether or not to pull the plug on Tucker. It happened with Murphy. Catherine had to make the decision about whether or not she wanted to pull the plug on Murphy. And now here we are with Murphy having to do the same thing for Catherine. I'm sick of it. It's disgusting. And I'm I'm tired of th- that crap. Just there's something about that that really gets up under my skin. And I just think like, how can Gian Cooper not be tired of that kind of crap? I mean, it's it's the last three major storylines she's been in. There, that has been a set, you know, why even bring it up? It didn't even, I'm talking about it, and it didn't even end up being a big thing. I don't even know why, why Anar insists on throwing that back in there. I just, it's beneath us. It, I think, I feel like it insults our intelligence as viewers, and I cannot imagine that Jan Cooper is happy to play that same freaking role over and over again. She's so much better than this. Um, I feel like we're all so much better than this, and it just annoys me, and I'm, I'm ready to move on for it. So, and by the way, if Catherine really does die, <laughs> if Catherine ever really does die when she does, it better be something with a bang. Catherine Chancellor better not go out with no whimper, laying in no hospital bed, having somebody make the decision about whether to pull the plug on her. I'm sorry, but someone needs, in the end, to, like, push her off the side of a building or something dramatic. Like, I want to see something dramatic when finally that old bag finally uh, uh, kicks the bucket. <laughs> and I say that with love. I, I genuinely say that with love, for I love Catherine with all my heart. But, I mean, really, it's tr- truly to pay homage to this amazing character. She better not go out with no whimper. We need a bang here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> so, that was dramatic. And then, of course... Everyone is scrambling around Catherine's bedside, and I was very disappointed to find out that there, all of a sudden, there was a whole lot of talk about Catherine's will. 
suddenly Jill was bringing it up. Jill, like, realized that Catherine is kind of indisposed, and suddenly she started getting real nervous about that. And I'm thinking, I've had a couple of deaths in my family this year, and I can tell you right now, the furthest thing from my mind when they're in the hospital or when they're, you're in that situation is a will. Why was Jill thinking about the will? And apparently, the new will that we saw Catherine have drawn up a couple of weeks ago to include Devon hadn't actually been signed yet. So that's an interesting little facet. I'm almost, I'm almost like angry with myself for not realizing that when she was, you know, drawing up the will that we were going to be moving into a Catherine collapse hospital incapacitated type of storyline. Like I hate myself a little bit for not um, seeing that coming. I should have known that it was happening when she was deciding to change the will. But, uh, you know, Jill's kind of scrambling around. They're all thinking about it. And uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, the, 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 the fuse that lit this whole Devon secret on fire, the brush fire throughout Genoa City, was that Jill had a little side conversation with Mitchell Sherman about this new version of the will. And Tucker overheard it. And Tucker started putting two and two together. And on very little evidence, I might add. This was the week of people putting things together on very little evidence. Because Tucker, the evidence he had to go on was A, hmm, Catherine put Devon in her will. Why would she do that? And B, hmm, remember back when we were both donating blood for Delia and, and Devon and I both found out that we were A, B negative? Ding, 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 Devon's my son! <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe Tucker just maybe is a little more in tune than me, but I was kind of surprised that he put two and two together on that so quickly. Were you? I mean, did you think that was sort of a leap? I don't know. <laughs> but that is where the whole thing started unraveling. Tucker, Jill, of course, is like, no, it's I, that's not true. It's not the case. But Tucker saw it right in her eyes. He realized the truth, and he rushes out, and he realizes that Devon is his son, and he's going to say something about it. He's got to tell him. And I, I, I felt really bad for Jill, by the way, because she realized that she made a huge, huge mistake. Catherine finally starts to come through. And the moment she starts to come into consciousness, Jill is at her bedside. And Jill's like, oh, we're so happy to see you. Oh, by the way, I kind of messed up. <laughs> I kind of accidentally told Tucker that Devon is his son. Sending Catherine into this new fit. Like, she's just coming out of a freaking coma. And now all of a sudden it's like, what? You did what? So Catherine's really coming down hard on Jill. Like, I can't believe you would do that. Why could you not have just kept your mouth shut? And uh, Jill was <laughs> Jill was so, so upset. Brock actually ended up coming back to the hospital and talking sense into the situation the way he always does. He kind of calmed Catherine down for the, for the first time actually being one of the only people to calm Catherine down and tell her that, you know what, you made this mistake and now you need to start making it right. Whatever it is that you need to do, you need to start making it right. And he also went to Jill and told her, hey, you know what, you don't need Catherine's approval. She, you're so far past that. You, you know you know that you didn't tell Tucker on purpose, so just move on with your life. And that's exactly what Jill did. Jill decided that she was she was so ready to just stick it to Catherine once again that she decided to go right to Colin and ask him to move in to the Chancellor Mansion with her. I really do feel bad 
for Tucker because he realizes that his mother has been keeping this huge secret from him. And, you know, there is a little bit of question this week about, you know, why was it that Catherine was able to find Devon so easily? And yet Tucker says that he was trying to find him and he never really was able to. But, you know, I I don't know. Where do you guys fall on that? I'm very curious to know. It probably just boils down to what you think about Tucker, whether you like him or not. But, you know, do you believe that Tucker made all of his best efforts to try to find his son in the first place? I don't know, leave me a comment and let me know what you think. Because either either way, regardless of the past, now that he knows that Devon is his son, Tucker wants to tell him. He doesn't want to waste one single moment. Tucker knows firsthand what it's like to not know who your parents are and to, to how to feel unwanted. And he doesn't want that for Devon. You know, as soon as he knows, he realizes that he has to go to him to tell him the truth. And it was it was really quite sad and 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 powerful. I I will say that I feel that um, the scenes where Tucker told Devon the truth had to have been some of the best scenes of the week. And really, I think some of the best scenes that we've ever seen out of Devon. I was very very impressed with the with the actor this week. Uh, Tucker just kind of tries. To beat around the bush a little bit, but ultimately just comes out and and says, I'm your father. And Devon's reaction is so shocked. And he he so doesn't want to hear it. You know, he's blocking it out almost. Tucker is someone who he can't stand. And yet, you know, a father is supposed to be someone who you have loving feelings for. And Devon has in the past tried to search for his father. So this was a a, a major crash on Devon's world. And not just knowing that Tucker was his father, but realizing that Catherine is his grandmother. And furthermore, that this huge opportunity that she's bestowed upon him, this, you know, this music career has really all been a lie. It's all been a, kind of a ploy to sort of um, get at Tucker. And and Devon just has this moment of his whole world crashing down, not only realizing the truth, but also just realizing that now he's he is a pawn in this game between Catherine and Tucker. And that's it's devastating to him. It's absolutely devastating to him. And it's devastating to everyone around him. Neil! Neil! Neil had to, he crushed my heart. He crushed my heart this week. Neil finds out that this boy who, He's always known, you know, is not his biological son, but who has treated him as his own flesh and blood for ever since Devon was 16 years old and seen him like a son and treated him like that, treated him like nothing less. And now realizing that, you know, I I think Neil's reaction was a realization that he might have to step back and let Devon go. Almost as if Neil had been preparing for that moment for a really long time. Like he always knew maybe that day would come. And I was very, I was very surprised with Neil's reaction because he, well, first of all, was angry as hell with Catherine. I honestly would not be surprised if Neil decided to quit his job. Because I don't know how he's going to look at Catherine. I mean, she's going to have to do some dancing. She's going to have to do some explaining to explain this away. Because Neil confronted her in the hospital and he was like, I can't believe that you would do this, that you would use my son this way. So he was angry in that, right? But I was almost kind of expecting that to carry over. And it didn't. Neil called Devon as soon as he realized they were, and they met at the coffee house and they both started talking about it. And Neil's, uh, Neil's approach to the situation was to tell Devon, you have a new family now. You know, maybe you need to explore that. 
And I just, I almost wanted Neil to just listen and, and, and not offer something like that. But yet Neil, I just love this man. Neil was so encouraging, you know, he was so sweet and, and, and he just wanted Devon to realize that this may be an opportunity for him to finally get to know who his father is, who his family is. And, and Neil was ready to let his bird fly away from the nest. And Devon's reaction was, whoa, 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 wait. I only have one family. I only have one father. And it's the father that I've known since I was 16 years old. Neil! is Devon's father. And the whole time as this is as the paternity is being revealed, I'm in my heart, I'm thinking number one it doesn't feel right. Some something about Devon being Tucker's son just has it doesn't feel right to me. I just I have always believed that Malcolm was Devon's father and it's just I don't know. It's hard for me to to adjust. It's hard for me to um, to imagine it. I don't I don't know why. This but I guess the the more overarching feeling that I've had is everyone saying, you know, Tucker is 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 Devon's father and and me thinking Neil is Devon's father. Do you guys feel that way? I mean, I feel like maybe Tucker, you know, is he's he's you know he's Devon's biological father, but Neil is Devon's father in every way that counts. And if Tucker and Devon want to get you know to know each other, then that's all fine, well, and good. But as far as I'm concerned, Tucker should get down on his hands and knees and kiss Neil's ass. For raising this son and for raising him to be a great guy. I mean, Neil, er, er, Devon is a really nice guy. He's all, I mean, it can be a little boring <laughs> to watch at times, but Devon is always a straight shooter. Neil has raised him right. He has excellent values. He appreciates family. And he's, he's, he is turned out to be so much better of a, of a person than I think he would have been if Tucker had actually had the chance to raise him. But, we're going to have to see how it all pans out because at this point, everybody is mad at everyone else. I mean, the Lily found out the truth and she's kind of shocked. So all of the, the Winters family, you know, the Lily and Devon and Neil are kind of uh, bonding together right now. And Sophia's kind of in there and Malcolm, Malcolm's floating around on the exterior. You can feel that his exit is imminent. But, you know, the, the cooler Winters family are bonding together. But other than that, you've got Tucker angry as hell at Catherine. He had a chance to confront her at you know at the very end of the week he looked like he wanted to grab one of the hospital pillows and shove it over her face and just suffocate her right there like like he didn't even care who saw it he wanted her gone so he's angry with her she's angry with him I mean Jill's you know angry she's kind of caught in this whole situation Devon is hating both Tucker and Catherine he doesn't want to have anything to do with them so if they're going to start to come together as this sort of secondary family it's going to take some time it's going to take some work because there's a a lot of bad blood uh, that's happening right now. And also satelliting around the storyline is a fiery red-headed devil <laughs> named Phyllis, who has a friendship with Malcolm, who's always had a very, you know, good and close relationship with Malcolm. And as Malcolm is struggling with the uh, issue of uh, the paternity of Sophia's baby, and now realizing that Devon, uh, you know, is is is, is, is Tucker's son, 
Malcolm decides to confide in Phyllis this whole secret of what's going on with the Winters family and Devon's new heritage. And Phyllis, being the reporter that she is, has decided that, ding, 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 this is going to make an excellent story for my magazine. So Phyllis runs back to Restless Style, tells Nick, we got a story on our hands. Extra, extra, read all about this. (laughs) And Nick is like, yeah, that actually sounds like a good story. But you know what? Maybe we should wait Maybe we should check with the legal department, see what's up. He flat out tells her, you need to hold off on the story. I like it, but you need to hold off on it. Mm-mm. No, no, nope. Phyllis doesn't answer to anybody but herself. She had that on a whim. Phyllis sees this whole Devon scenario as like a fairy tale. You know, like suddenly Devon is the heir to not one but two billionaire fortunes. And this is something to write about. So Phyllis ignores Nick completely and decides to publish the story out onto the internet about uh, Devon's new, new found possible wealth. And at the very end of last week's series of shows, we flash to a little diner somewhere in the United States where uh, a lady is lo- looking on a, a laptop, has the Restless Style article pulled up in front of her, and who's walking around in the background waiting tables but Yolanda! Yes! <laughs> Yolanda is back on the scene, and it is going to be amazing. Debbie Morgan is going to rock me. I'm going to tell you right now. Like I there's going to be no two ways about it. Debbie Morgan, there is something in her face. There is something in her delivery. I am so excited about her. Like I like her. I think she's from AMC. I think uh, she's a soap veteran. I've seen her face before, but she, she just, so she just, I know she's going to integrate really, really easily. And um, she sees on the screen that, or Yolanda sees on the screen that her son is now kind of a, an heir. I mean, that's the angle that Phyllis took in the article. And I think maybe she's realizing that it might be a little bit of money in the scenario. So she uh, she's going to look right up at her boss where she's waiting tables and say, you know, I think maybe I, I might need to take a few days off from my crappy waitressing job to pay a little visit to Genoa City. Well, that wasn't the only bombshell that was dropped on Genoa City this week because last week Ronan discovered the videotaped confession of Abby. Abby confessing to running down Tucker with her car. And this week he decides to make an arrest. (laughs) So Abby gets arrested for Tucker's attempted murder. And it's very, very tense. And, you know, the whole time I'm thinking, you know... Ashley should be arrested, too. You know, I, I really, I, I feel like, you know, they're trying to wrap up that whole storyline with Abby. And there's a part of me that, that just feels kind of, I don't know, restless <laughs> about the whole thing. I mean, Ashley lied to cover that whole thing up. And I know it's ancient history, but I feel like if we're going to go back in time and decide, you know, to drudge it up about Abby's, you know, crime, then I want to see a thorough investigation. Like, Abby, Abby did a really, really bad thing, and I still contend that it was wrong for Ashley to cover for her. Ashley switched places, lied to the police, and, and repeatedly, and covered up 
that entire thing. So, you know, I just kind of feel like ugh, it's it's almost like a, a half-assed resolution to this whole thing. Um, but of course, like, it's not going to, it didn't stick. Abby got arrested, but was soon released as the troops came to rally around her and the big, powerful businessmen decided to threaten the DA to try to make the charges go away. Of course, Victor was, like, not having it. He was not even about to let Abby go down for this crime. After everything he's done to try to cover up her little drinking and driving incident, now he's going to let it get her get arrested? I don't think so. But surprisingly, the thing that ended up saving Abby was Tucker. Tucker rode in and really saved her. I mean, he kind of had this combination lie slash threaten (laughs) tactic for the police because, first of all, he was the victim in that whole thing, and he straight up told the DA, I saw... I saw who was driving the car, and it wasn't Abby. Lie. He saw Abby. He knew it was Abby the entire time. And also, he decided to make a little threat to the DA, saying, um, did you happen to, to know that Abby's brother owns a little magazine called Restless Style, and would you like to be on the front page of it? It's just, you know, blatantly just threatening the DA. But, hey, it ended up working. You know, and Abby ended up getting off the hook. She definitely owes Tucker a debt of gratitude. And Ashley even said afterward, you know what? After what Tucker just did to you, you need to just accept our relationship now. No more Tucker hatred. You need to get on with your life. And we'll see how she agreed, but we'll see how long that lasted. Um, I don't know. I don't know, you guys. I... I feel like they were really, you know, YNR really wanted to wrap that storyline up uh, with a nice pretty little bow, but I'm going to be honest with you, I mean, I'm glad that it's over in one right, but uh, frankly, I feel like if, you know, it's, it's, it's as if Abby never drank, drove, and ran Tucker over with her car in a series of terrible decisions that she never atoned for. And I just, you know, I still feel like it was bad. I still feel like it was wrong. And she never paid for it. And frankly, I still kind of wish that she would have paid. Well, Billy is still creeping around on the scene. And it's it's more hit and misses for him and Victoria. Which, frankly, I said it last week and I'll say it again this week. I, I, I feel like whatever it was Billy did in Asia, it cannot be as bad as what he's doing right now. Victoria aside, his daughter's in the hospital. He needs to reveal himself and be there for her. I mean, yes, he's the marrow donor, and that's wonderful, and I'm very happy, and I'm not saying that he doesn't care about her, but he needs to just man up. He needs to man it up, reveal that he's back in town, and be with his daughter by her bedside. She's still sick. She still needs her father. And he's playing games. And I'm just, I'm starting to get tired of it. It And it was a full another week of hit and miss with Billy and Victoria. You know, like him wanting to call her. You know, him calling her on the phone. Her picking it up. And, and you know, and, and just hearing him breathing on the other end and not getting to talk to him. And Victoria calling Michael saying that she was ready to get a divorce. Putting pen to paper to sign the divorce papers, and then at the very last minute, no, I can't do it, I can't divorce Billy, I'm not ready for my marriage to be over, and it's just, it's starting to get kind of annoying, I'm ready for, for Billy's, to reveal that he's back in town, and I was very happy this week, um, to see that Kane actually caught Billy, figured everything out, 
Kane was going to, Billy snuck to the hospital this week to see a combination of Delia and Catherine, and uh, he decided to dress up as a as a doctor to do this. So he had on scrubs and a, a mask, he kind of had the surgeon vibe going on, and just as Billy was leaving the hospital, Kane was coming in, and he just caught a glimpse of Billy. Is that, is that, is that who I think it is? So Kane followed Billy all the way back to his trailer and said, hey, bro, what's what's going on? You know, I, 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 I'm here. I see it. I see it all. So Kane figured everything out. Literally, this is a week of people just figuring things out. Kane just had a hunch and, and decided to kind of realize the truth about, you know, he even realized that Billy was the actual bone marrow donor. So Kane had some really good intuition there. And I was really disappointed, though, in him this week, because as soon as he realized this information, he said to Billy, you know, I am kind of working on this new thing called uh, telling the truth, and I'm feeling like maybe I need to be honest with people in Genoa City and tell them that I saw you, and Billy's like, you better not. You better not do it. He kind of threatened Kane a little bit, but I was uh, sort of hoping that Kane would run back and tell everybody in Genoa City, and he later in the week had this moment with Jill where Jill is feeling really bad about herself. She's at the bar drinking, and and, and she's feeling bad about her sons being away from her, and Kane has this opportunity to take that away and tell her the truth, and he doesn't take it. So it, it, Kane frustrates me to no end, to no sexy, sexy end, with his cute little haircut and his tight jeans and his tight butt, but he frustrates me. I mean, why? Why, Kane? I You say that you want to tell the truth, you want to turn over a new leaf, and yet the first chance you have to start telling the truth, more lies. More lies. It's like he can't get out of this cycle. I it's it's really really hard to continue to forgive him when all he does is lie. Okay, podcast people. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for me for this week. Um, There were a lot of other little storylines this week that I didn't have a chance to comment on. Um, There was uh, some some Avery and Phyllis and Daisy, and and there was, of course, some more uh, Lillian Kane tender moments. But uh, it was really nothing that added up to anything hugely significant. So I think I'm going to save it. I'm going to save my breath and talk about all that good stuff next week as there continue to be developments. It seems like it was just very, it was a lot of, Devon this week. And I'm noticing that YNR is doing that a little bit more. Like, they'll just focus in on one or two or three storylines, you know, more rather than spreading themselves super thin. And I like that. I think that's a really good way to do it. Um, I don't know. I just, I like to get in depth. I want to get into a story, you know, rather than having 20 different stories that we just touch on, you know, just a little bit. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good week. And I hope that you guys did too. And I would love to hear your comments. I really would. I'm I'm dying to know what you guys are thinking about Yolanda. Oh, I think it's gonna be good. And is that what is this gonna mean for 
you know, Neil and Sophia and Malcolm, because they're going to be a love triangle happening here, because I got to tell you, this, um, what is it, Debbie Reynolds? No, not Debbie Reynolds, Allie. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Debbie Morgan. Uh, I, I, she has got a Drusilla quality about her that I know I'm going to love, and I am just so, so looking forward to it. So I can't wait to hear what you guys have to think, of, you know, have to say about that or any of the other storylines. So here's how you can feed back to me and leave me a comment. You can... Uh, um, give me a, a call. Uh, it's within the U.S. and the telephone number is 309-588-4569. One more time. It's 588-4569. Sorry, that's area code 309. Uh, or you can go to my, my blog um, and you can leave me a comment there. The web address is yrchatblog.com dot blogspot.com you can just I do a little post there for every week and you can reply there and leave me a comment or you can just send me an email it's yrchat at live.com but either way you choose uh, I would love to hear from you I would love to hear what your thoughts and theories are it means a lot to get your feedback and I always look forward to that and I'll be looking forward to next week's show figuring out what the the new drama is the drama's always on (laughs) I'll be excited to watch it and then come back and share my thoughts with you guys. So everybody have an awesome week. Know that I love you so, so much. I'll be thinking of you and we'll be chatting about the show next Sunday. All right. Okay, you guys. Bye.